The scriptures provide encouragement for the believer who suffers. This encouragement primarily comes from Jesus' example. Since we are followers of Christ by faith, we need to follow his example in suffering. We need to also take note of his glorification, for God promises to exalt the lowly. Today on Drawing Near, we see several spiritual truths that we should embrace. I encourage you to take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 3 and join us as we study Divine Suffering. Before we study God's Word together, let's pray. And our Father in heaven, we praise you for this glorious day that you have blessed us with, a day full of possibilities in our growth before Jesus Christ. We ask, Father, that you would help us to walk in the Spirit, not gratify the desires of the flesh. We also ask, Father, that you would give us opportunities to glorify you through our verbal testimony and our visible testimony. Guide us in our study. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, we read, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. When it talks about Christ also suffering, He's acknowledging that we suffer and Christ also suffered. Jesus shares in our suffering. He not only shares in our suffering because we are one with him by faith, but he experienced suffering on this earth the way all human beings do. When Jesus suffered, though, he suffered once for sins, our sins, the world's sins. He did not suffer because of his own sin like we often do. He suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust. He is the one who is without sin. He is perfectly just before God. We, on the other hand, are unjust. We require a perfect sacrifice to pay for our sins. These things are clearly taught in the book of Hebrews and throughout the New Testament. When it says that Jesus suffered once for sins, it's a reference by Peter that in the Old Testament sacrificial system, the priest would offer sacrifices for sins annually, year after year, continuously. But Jesus Christ is our once-for-all sacrifice for sins. So Christ suffered once for sins, and he suffered on our behalf, the just for the unjust. The lesson here is this. We sometimes will suffer because of other people's sins just like Jesus. We need to bear that suffering humbly and righteously, just like Jesus did. The other part of this lesson is, we are not just. We are not righteous and holy. We are not without sin apart from faith in Jesus Christ. And so our suffering, whatever it is, is deserved. Jesus's was not. He willingly, humbly, bore our sin, suffered on our behalf so that we might be saved. And in some way, we need to understand that maybe through our suffering in the world, our suffering with our sin and suffering righteously, our suffering with the sin of others and suffering righteously might bring other people to faith in Jesus Christ as well. We see that in the example above regarding the wife quietly and humbly living with her husband, 
so that he might be saved without a word. We're further told in verse 18 that he was put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. In the flesh he bore our sin, died on the cross, was buried, and then, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. He is declared to be the Son of God with power by the Spirit through the resurrection of the dead. Jesus Christ suffered, but his suffering wasn't permanent. He did die as a result of his suffering, but he resurrected from the dead and suffers no more. We too temporarily suffer. We too will die. But after we die, through faith in Jesus Christ, we will be resurrected to new life in Christ, and we will never suffer again, just like Jesus. Verses 19 and 20 are challenging. We read, By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. So let's take this piece by piece. Verse 19 starts out, By whom also he went. It's referring to the Holy Spirit. It is by the Spirit that Jesus also went and preached to the spirits in prison. Now, when did he go and preach to the spirits in prison? It was after his crucifixion. It was either during the time that he was in the tomb, or it was after his resurrection before he ascended to the Father. Remember, he told Mary not to touch him, for he had not yet ascended to his Father. And so it could have been in that time period, somehow, somehow in the Spirit, that he descended according to Ephesians chapter 4 and preached to those who were imprisoned in the grave. The Scripture seems to teach that those prior to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who lived by faith before God, anticipating the cross, anticipating the redemption from sin, that they were held in a place in the grave until Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for their sins and resurrected from the dead. Once he resurrected from the dead, then they were released from the grave. Those who had trusted in Christ, like Abraham and David and the prophets and the Old Testament saints, they were then free to be absent from the body and present with the Lord, to be with God in eternity. Now, the Bible doesn't clearly teach that. There are a lot of theories about this, but it seems taking all of the information and taking all of the evidence together, it seems that's what the Bible teaches. In First Peter here, we are told that it's by the Spirit that Jesus Christ went and preached to the spirits who were imprisoned in the grave. That is clearly taught. What happens to them afterwards is a little uncertain. For me, it tells us in Ephesians that he led the captives free. In verse 20, we're told that these he preached to were formerly disobedient. That leads some people to think that these were individuals who were lost and condemned, and Jesus was preaching the gospel and testifying that he had paid for their sin and that they should have trusted in him. I don't believe that. I believe he's talking about those who were formerly in sin like we were formerly in sin. We were once disobedient as well. But like us, these Old Testament saints 
looked for the redemption of God. If this is confusing, I understand and I apologize. Study the word and trust the Lord for what is crystal clear in his word. Then verse 20 talks about the divine long-suffering. It's talking about God's patience, God's suffering with sinners. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, God could have immediately killed them or condemned them to hell. But rather, what he did was, he patiently dealt with them as sinners. He allowed them to live, to continue to sin on the earth, and to go on living. They were not perfect, they were not sinless. Those who came from Adam and Eve were not perfect or sinless either. And God didn't immediately just obliterate all sinners, but rather, he was long-suffering towards sinners. He is patient with us. He always has been. He is patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. Rather than simply get rid of us, put us out of his presence, he suffers with sinners. Now remember, we suffer too. Now we're being told that not only Jesus suffered, but God suffers with sinners. That emphasizes all the more how we are to suffer with sinners and suffer as a result of our sin and to do so righteously like Jesus and our Heavenly Father. In the Old Testament, God suffered long, we're told here, and waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. He dealt with all of those lost individuals and allowed them to continue to walk on the earth while Noah prepared the ark. They had an opportunity for repentance, they refused, and they suffered his divine wrath. Now Peter switches and says, In that ark, there were a few, that is, eight souls who were saved through water. And now he transitions into a lesson on salvation. And Lord willing, we'll pick up the remainder of this in our next lesson. Father in heaven, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for the suffering of the Lord Jesus on behalf of our sin. Thank you that he not only saves those on this side of the cross, but he saves those who look forward to salvation on the other side of the cross, the Old Testament saints. I thank you, Father, for your long-suffering with sinners in seeking to try to bring them to repentance and salvation. Father, help us to model your patience, to be long-suffering as well. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.